0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Mainly Football Podcast. As ever, I'm joined by George Carden. You okay,
1: George? Yeah, very good, thank you. Enjoy. Feeling, feeling a bit worse for wear after oh, our yeah. night out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How well, about you, Jack? How are you I'm, feeling?
0: I'm, I'm feeling fantastic, thank you very much. Excited for another week of the podcast. And joining us this week is Leeds United fan and writer Harry Holt. You OK, Harry? I'm very good. Glad to be here. It's good to have you on and especially comes in handy considering we'll be doing a lot of championship talking uh, over the playoffs and the playoff final coming up on Monday. We'll also be overviewing a bit of Leeds' season. Um, other talking points will include Vincent Kompany's final game and possible replacements, the Brighton situation, and Brighton managerial situation, which I'm sure George can provide some good analysis on, and Fulham's managerial situation as well. So the first topic today, we're going to be kind of looking at the playoff semi-finals. Now, now the first playoff final was Aston Villa versus West Brom. Um, which on aggregate Aston Villa did win to get to the final and more specifically Leeds um, who didn't make it to the playoff final as a result of a second-leg 4-2 loss against Derby. Um, It day of my life. (laughs) Now, I just wanted to get your
2: thoughts on that, Harry. What did you make of the two ties? All right, so the first game we came out, we executed our game plan perfectly, let them have no time in possession... We absolutely swarmed them. Probably should have been two or three, but we got the one-nil win. An absolute great goal from Roof, cracking ball from Harrison. And then the second game, ah, <laughs> I can't. I just felt so dejected after they came out. For Twenty minutes, they looked. They looked like they were up for it. Like they were in it. And then a Dallas goal, thirty odd minutes in. The nerves were settled essentially, and then
0: just went downhill from there. Really. Yeah, the
2: substitution of Marriott what was he 10 seconds on the pitch keep a mistake Defender mistake goal pretty much did their team talk for them and ah we just couldn't handle it in the second half they scored after 30 seconds and then the rest is
0: the rest is rest history, is history yeah and George what what if you managed to catch the game did you have any thoughts on it
1: yeah I didn't watch the first leg but saw the second leg and I mean I thought it was it was a uh, it was a tough one to take for for Leeds, and I've been there as a Brighton fan from um, well, 2015, 16, namely when Sheffield Wednesday did the same to us. Ours was a bit of a different situation, so we we got like four injuries in the first half, and uh, so we were playing with ten men. But it was um, it's very dejecting when you've had a season when you get like 90 odd points, and and then you go to the playoffs, and it's always that team that comes. They they very rarely actually uh, go up as a result. I find. Um, you saw it with Reading a couple of seasons ago. Now Leeds, uh, Brighton. When we were in that position, but um, I think I think it's with, with, with a team like Derby. They kind of they came in as the underdog, didn't they? And they're almost down and out. You wouldn't you'd have expected them to lose um, that second leg, but they've kind of they've they kind of come up and, and shown up on the day. I, I did. I thought Leeds kind of they were quite blunt in the second.
2: Uh, there was just no sort of. They weren't their normal selves. It's the story of the second half of the season. We've been creating enough chances, but the firepower up front hasn't been doing it. Um, I saw some stat earlier where Leeds had created over 700 chances and scored something like 60 goals, 65. Whereas Norwich have created maybe like 100 less and scored 20 more. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. So that's definitely where we need to invest in summer. Mm. And also, leading on, talking about the Brighton situation, because most teams, they would just roll over after such a crushing season, but they kept with in, they went back at it the next season and got promoted automatically, and I think that's the only situation we need. We need Bielsa to stay, build on what we've had this season, and that's the only chance I see of us going up. Mm. Now, you mentioned that uh about the kind of the
0: story of uh, Leeds season whenever we've talked about Leeds in the podcast George has kind of alluded to the same thing which is a very fair point that Leeds seem to have a history of starting very well and kind of having a mid-season fall a slump in form and then <coughs> sometimes coming out the back end of the season stronger other times not would you say that's the same again this year
2: yeah we definitely saw that with the Gary Monk season where we were top 6 top actually i think it was more top 4 for Seventy percent of the season, then we just lost was that, it again. Was that last Chris Wood was banging in 30 goals the season, but that's a kind of similar to this season where he he scored thirty goals and the second highest top goal scorer was like six. We just haven't had a we just haven't had like an out and out goal scorer for a while now, and it's a bit frustrating having year on year where we just fought. We start off so well, like last season we were in we were first by after five or ten games or something like that. And then as the season progresses, we just fall down the ladder, and it's frustrating, very frustrating. Now, um, George, I'll come to you on this. As, as Harry mentioned about
0: keeping Bielsa, um, now the, his future seems slightly uncertain. Is that as in it's? he um, has got one more year in his contract, I believe. But he's, he? I think so.
2: He's essentially got a three-year deal, but it's a, a year. It's like. One year and then if he decides to stay or the club want him, they add another year yeah. and then they add another so year. So it's like a rolling contract oh, yeah, essentially.
0: So uh, kind of with that in mind and his future's not been declared as yet, how important is it that Leeds do keep him?
1: Well, yeah, and in terms of his style of playing, he's sort of one of these managers who's seen as very influential, for, especially for managers like Pochettino, I've heard, um, guardiola too well, yeah exactly not not a manager who's won a, a fantastic amount but he's definitely an influential manager um I, to be honest i'd say it would it, be it'd be a shame if he left but i do i do think lee i don't think it would necessarily be it would it'd be something where if they could get a new manager in if he does leave um something they could build on what he's done already mm. and they've got that sense of their style of play ingrained in already um it's not just going to magically disappear if Bielsa goes um so i feel like i feel like maybe him going wouldn't necessarily n- mean no promotion for Leeds but it's um it's one of those i th- i think in it's more of about the investment really in they need a good Definitely. goal scorer like a Chris Wood um Patrick Bamford i don't think is uh, got not the quality scratch, yeah. yeah he um, just
2: doesn't suit his style of play he yeah. just seems he seems lost like you want him to be up front in around the box movement just getting in behind, but he always seems to drift out left or right and leaving a massive gap in the middle, which it gets frustrating. Um, But like, what was I going to lead on with? Um. Do you want me to carry on about the, like, Bielsa for one more year and ingraining the system? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And also with Bielsa, if he was to stay one more year, I think it'd set up Carlos Cobran to be able to take over as the head coach if he were to leave.
0: That under twenty three coach.
2: Yeah, he. I think this is his second se- This season has been his second season as the under twenty threes coach, and we finished third or fourth last season, and finished champions of the PDL this season. And he's only young. He's he's been at I think Valencia as a manager or a coaching staff but one more year I think under Bielsa's tutelage I think he'd be a good manager for us especially knowing the the drills and how to work the team properly
0: mm. now like I've seen um, a comment from Bielsa I think it was may- maybe a month or so again now where it was translated in that um, he's not sure that if Leeds don't get promoted as they haven't he's not sure if he could mount the same challenge with these this group of players um now you've got a lot of players which are very much championship standard, but he's got the he seems to have get the, got the best out of them. Um, what are your thoughts on that, George?
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing for Leeds to remember is that whilst it's been a fantastic season and it's just ended disappointingly and it feels very unfair, um, I don't necessarily think the Leeds were kind of favourites to go up by any means at the beginning of the season. Sure. So it's one of those. It's the same like with Liverpool, for example, where. I don't think they necessarily expected the title, whereas Man City would have wanted to retain it. Obviously, Liverpool challenged very well, but um, with Leeds, I don't think they were necessarily a team that was expecting to get automatic promotion. Maybe maybe playoffs, and they did do that, and it was unfortunate the way it ended for them. Um, I feel like they, if they did get that automatic promotion, they'd be well set for the Premier League. Um, but with Leeds, I do think it's more of a matter of time of when they're going to get promoted. Obviously, it's been very frustrating this sort of last five years of not being able to do it. But um, I think with a club of a club of Leeds' stature, it's 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 not going to be that long till they're back in the Prem.
2: I think what we've got to think about here is as well. This is the same. Well, the first the game that star the team that started Stoke uh, at home in the first game of the season was essentially the eleven that started ninety percent of the games last season, where we finished thirteenth and looked at below average team. I think last season, with the amount of points we got after Christmas, we would have been in the bottom six. Mm. And the fact that Bielsa's has managed to turn these players around, and especially the likes of Calvin Phillips, who was kind of a part player, uh, and most fans were expecting him to leave in the summer, Mm. turns out to be one of the best holding midfielders in the league. It's very surprising.
0: Mm. Now, like you mentioned, uh, in terms of players really developing under BL so Jack Clark has been one of them, albeit inconsistent, um, following his health scare. Um, at uh, Borough, yeah, at uh, Borough um, in the latter stage of the season. Now, in the earlier stage of the season, particularly, I remember him coming on. I think it was half time against Derby, and um, he's he's been unbelievable. I think it was Villa villa um he's he's had numerous half-time substitutions (coughs) and a couple of starts and before the health scare he seemed to be really bright and incredible in one-on-one situations now there's been a report today or in the recent days um linking him to spurs in a roughly a 10 million pound deal what are your thoughts on that harry
2: um i think it's too soon for him it's his only is his breakthrough season and you can't 10 million for a player that's played half the season, essentially, uh, at a reasonable standard. I think it's a bit far-fetched. I think it'd be a waste of money, and I think under he needs to like stay.
0: Yeah. Now, in, in a more general point, George, um, in terms of players kind of having a... Breakout season or not complete breakout season in terms of consistent game time throughout the season, um, but really showing their talent in stages. What are your thoughts on players, particularly moving from the championship to maybe high end English cl- uh, high end Premier League teams?
1: Well, yeah, you've got you've got players like Daniel James, who's obviously linked to the United. Um, there's there's a lot more. There seems to be a lot more sort of um, of these big clubs looking at these championship players or young promising players. Um, there went for it. it. was a bit of a stage where you didn't really get any of that, mm. um, but it's nice to see. It's um,
0: been a lot more appreciated, I think, the division.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even say just the big clubs because it's teams like Bournemouth, uh, obviously Brighton. I think they have Daniel James, but Bournemouth got uh, um, Brooks in at the beginning yeah. of the season. So it's those sort of players who are Welsh, English, Scottish who are who've been making the step up, which is always great to see because as not enough English players, top quality English, well, British players in the Premier League, in my opinion. So, so um, it's a perfect, perfect thing to see, I'd say. Yeah,
0: very fair point there. I mean, we talked quite in depth on Leeds. We'll come to um, the the team that did get the victory over them, Frank Lampard's, or Frank Lampard's derby, <laughs> as everyone does say. Now, there's been rumours kind of suggesting um, that after the, or well, the the Europa League final could be a game that potentially decides Sarri's career. Uh, at Chelsea I find that very unfair that you judge it on one game considering um, the plays he's got at his disposal aren't of the caliber necessary I think to deliver his philosophy and um, the third place in the Europa League final really isn't a bad season now it well the r- rumor is that Lampard could take over um, what would be your thoughts on that Yeah, it's, it'd be very harsh on Sarri
1: wouldn't it and um, Definitely too soon for Lampard, I'd say. He, he We were linked with him when we didn't have the manager, we went before we got Graham Potter. Oh, yeah, uh, Yeah. It was, oh, him, okay. it was between him and... Apparently it was him, Gary Neville, or uh, Graham Potter. So After Hewton went, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. when Hewton left. So, I think mean, a team like that would be more of a natural step up for him. Um, I think it might end up like a, an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Solskjaer um, situation. Obviously, that could still turn good, but... Mm. Um Bit
0: a, of a honeymoon period. Yeah, I? and
1: then and then a manager who's kind of hasn't got the required experience to manage these egos. I am sure they respect him, but mm. um I would say he definitely needs to go somewhere else before he goes Chelsea.
2: I just don't think he has as a manager yet in his career at least. Uh, at Derby, he's obviously done a great job, but the players that has been disposal have been higher end championship or at least lower end Premier League players like the likes of Mason Mount, Harry Wilson, Tomori. And then the players that aren't on loan, the likes of Marriott, Bennett, and Ashley Cole, is they should be a team that are finishing the playoffs and challenging either way. So it has been a it has been a test for him this year. But I don't I think the Chelsea job's definitely too too soon too soon for sure.
0: I can I can understand both sides of the argument really because I think he's developed a lot of players well. Um, particularly Bogle, I think 18-year-old right back there.
2: Thrown in this season, um, he's done very well.
0: Yeah, and he's also had, he's been he's done quite well with, or the recruitment team's done well with the loan in terms of Mount Tamori Wilson. Um, in terms of, from a Chelsea perspective, in terms of, this transfer ban still stands at the moment we're talking, um, and that could leave, obviously, if Hazard's to go to Real Madrid, could leave Chelsea with a lot of, Youth players in the side next year, particularly Tammy Abraham, Reece James, Mount, who've all proved themselves, as well as the likes of Hudson Odoi and Loftus Cheek. Now, from that perspective, George, can you kind of understand it in that Frank Lampard would come with his assistant Jody Morris, who was the Under Twenty Three coach at Chelsea, and they kind of understand these players well.
1: Yeah, I think with with Chelsea, you, the players you mentioned there, especially, it's um, they've got a lot of fantastic players who are arguably. League quality um like harry said but um i would say in, in terms of this transfer ban it, it it could could be a good idea um but it's one it's one of those where like i said it's a bit too soon but then i mean if they're going to take a gamble they, there's there's no reason why they they wouldn't do it yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if chelsea um and it'd be a bit of a bit of a mark good marketing move for them wouldn't it yeah. and um but no, I'd say I'd say if they want to with this transfer ban, I don't really know all the details of that. It's a bit unclear, but um, if you want a manager who's going to bring in youth, technically Lampard would be the right man. But yeah, I, I'm sure I don't think he'd feel ready either. But
0: I agree, it still seems too too harsh on Sari, considering what he's done. Now we'll come on to Manchester City, obviously title winners um, and FA Cup winners in the last week. Now, what proved to be Vincent Company's last game, um, the win uh, the six nil win over Watford. Now personally I didn't expect I remember saying on the podcast two weeks ago I felt that company would get a year extension and Otimendi would leave. Now looks like either boat or obviously company is, is going to Anderlecht, which should be a great move for him. Um, in terms of moving forward, Harry, what do you think City need to either recruit or keep? Uh, what what do you see it from in that t- in that perspective?
2: Uh, personally, with me, if both were to, well obviously companies left, but if Otamendi was to leave, they've already got the ball playing defenders of Stones and Laporte, and I don't really see Guardiola investing in another centre back, which is going to knock out one of them from the starting lineup. So I see them signing a kind of youngish centre back to play second fiddle to them. And the likes of Kimpembe has been linked. And mm. personally, I think um, the other PSG center about the young German, Keha, he'd do a good job learning the style from Guardiola and maybe getting integrated into the team later into the season.
0: Um, now, another one of the links, George, has been Harry Maguire. Um, now, this, obviously, I think in terms of a leadership perspective um, from city fans they want to see matis delict obviously company and natural leader uh delict the same but it looks like De Ligt may be going to Bar- barca or potentially buying munich um, now harry maguire seems seems top of that list at the moment what would what would you your thoughts be on that yeah well it's all about
1: it's all about if he's he's probably not going to expect that much game time if um, that's the player you get in, let's just say not just Harry Maguire, but anyone you get in is gonna know they're gonna struggle for game time. So it's about whether, in in the stage of his career he's in now, he's about what 25, 26, 26 yeah, twenty six. Um, in his prime, if he wants to be sitting on the bench, um, obviously there's that chance of playing a little bit and and, and winning competitions, um, getting some trophies. But it's, I feel like the person you're going to get in needs to be someone who's doesn't mind not playing that much so like someone slightly older i would say is okay i would i would personally prefer if i was a city fan um obviously some you wouldn't say no to harry Maguire, but logically um you think you think an older player would prefer to go to city and not mind sort of sitting on the bench and taking that sort of backseat company
0: role if you Mm. know what i mean obviously company played a lot last season but um yeah i think it's a tough one, really, because if if I, I see, I can, part of me sees Otamendi staying now, um, even though the reports kind of do suggest that he could move back to Valencia where he's been previously. Um, now, if that does happen, I think a young centre half is necessary because we've seen that Pep this season he's preferred company and Otamendi at times to John Stones, um, and although I think Stones is an absolutely unbelievable defender. Um, I do think ha- Harry Maguire would, would be someone that would perfectly compete with them both, I think. But uh, I think I saw a piece this week saying that Harry Maguire really suits the left-hand side of the centre-backs when driving out of the back, and that takes away his main quality. Obviously, Laporte seems nailed on at the moment. But and just more of a point on kind of what companies left... The legacy he's left at City. How important has he been, Harry, over these last ten years? He's
2: been one of your ta- main talismans. He's been here since before the Dubai uh, Arab money. Yeah,
0: he's been here about about two weeks prior to the takeover. He signed.
2: So he's been one of the key players. Originally signed, I swear, he was a midfielder and midfielder. been turned into a, one of the best centre mid centre backs in the league for the, over the past years. It says it all his goal against Leicester it had to be him for me. <laughs> It was his last season. It, had, it, had, it was his final goodbye, and it was just sta- fairy tale, really. Mm. Now, I think,
0: although he does have a lot to offer, City. I think in terms of if your company, you've just scored a goal that's pretty much sealed the title. You've captained your team to a domestic trouble, There's no better way to leave, is the judge.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of the stuff of fairy tales, isn't it? That, mm. Especially with that goal. Um, no, I think it's the right move for him. I feel like he's he's kind of he could stay in and kind of, but he's, he's in his prime still and he's playing fantastically. Um, he, well, he's, he's starting to sort of slow down. You can, can you can see that, but to leave on that sort of on that note with mm. City, um, he'll he's probably one of your most iconic players ever. You'd argue now, yeah, probably well the most iconic in a way with what he's done mm. and the transition that he's sort of overseen. He's, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would argue that, but Fair it's a, yeah, I'd say it's, it's a good move for him, and it's, it's probably nice for him to sort of have a change of tempo, go to the Belgian league, um, get some managerial experience, but still play at an all-right standard. Yeah. Um, maybe some Europa League, if Anderlecht can get into that. Mm.
0: Now I, I, I completely agree with both of your points. Sir. I think company is a person who always needs to be challenged. I think if he was to stay at City... He, he knows himself. He's gonna have a similar role to this season. He's not played too heavily, um, and he's one who always wants to be challenged. Now moving on to Brighton, obviously Chris Hutton sacked um, at the end of a a, um, a relegation surviving FA Cup semi final season. Many fans, uh, many kind of journalists and people in the media felt that was harsh, but I I think I'm with you on this. Uh, I agree it's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's obviously the semi-final was fantastic, um, and it was it was nice to get there. Uh, and then obviously you come up against a city team where you, you probably you're not expecting to win. Let's just say that. But um, yeah, we're well, talking about the bigger picture rather than this season. It's been a fantastic four and a half years. Um, he came in in 2014 15 um, and saved us from relegation. I mean, albeit it wasn't the most fantastic um, sort of campaign that when he joined us but um and then obviously we had two fantastic seasons we got something like 182 points in two seasons which is fantastic in the championship um and then and the step in the premier league two seasons ago now um for our first season in the premier league was another great achievement and then this season you got the semi-final of the fa cup which is one of our well we haven't been in the semi-final that often we've only been the final once i believe so um it's been a fantastic Time for him, and I, I think fans preach, appreciate that. And it's it's quite frustrating to see a lot of journalists outside the club um, say how how harsh it is just because he's such a nice guy. Mm. I feel like if he's if he was a less likable character, people would say it's a good cho- a good choice, but. You've got pundits like Jermaine Genius, um criticising us all season, saying our oh, football's dreadful, and then as soon as we sack him he <laughs> says it's a, like a dreadful de- decision. So Join the club,
2: he hates Leeds too. Yeah, you can't win, can you? All Sky uh, Sports pundits do.
0: <laughs> now, just your thoughts on the sacking, Harry, and potential arrivals.
2: Uh, well, I agree with the sacking. It's similar to the story at Middlesbrough. It's kind of a more modern attacking... Well, on paper the team should be scoring goals quite a lot, but it's kind of prehistoric football that you see under like Pulis or Pardew, and it's the it's been definitely the right move. Potter, he's got good ideas, but if he's I don't know if he were, whether he'll be able to implement them into the Premier League as effectively as he's done at Swansea. Um, I saw something the other day, and I think it was um, Swansea have had the most uh, like passes forward towards the opposition's goal this season in the Championship. So if he can replicate any of that into the Premier League, then I think they'll stay up and potentially mid-table. Mm, yeah, um, it's well on that on that point. It's it's going to be whatever happens. It's
1: kind of it's a gamble, but that's uh, I mean at the end of the day, our owner is actually a gambler, so um, that's what he <laughs> <it> does. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so oh, um,
2: smooth.
1: So yeah, so it's kind of it's the least you expect from him. So, um, but. I think a lot of, uh, again, a lot of people are kind of. Uh, it's a, a mixed reaction. A lot of people, a lot of people are saying. Um, so I've lost my point now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are sort of a bit kind of 50 about this, about the appointment. But I feel like if you if you kind of if you want to be ambitious, you've got to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And if we want to transition into that sort of top twelve, top ten club in the next coming years, um, I feel like he's the right manager to do that. Uh, whether that happens or not is a different case, but um, I've every faith even if we went down that he could get us back up. And I, I think uh, Tony Bloom's looking at this appointment with the long term. He's, he's signed a four-year contract, um, so I think if we do go down, uh, people will laugh at us and and say, "Yeah, you should never have appointed him." But then it's, it is what it is, isn't it? And and I feel like he's he'd be the perfect person to take us back up. But on a more positive note, I have every faith that he can keep us up next season and do so hopefully quite comfortably um, once he gets to sort of mould the team around what, how he wants it. But he's got quite a few technical players. He's got Davy Proper, Dutch International, Pascal Gross, he's a great technical player. Um, arguably needs a bit more pace in the team, I'd say, for his style of play. But um, I'd say he's got a lot of the right players there to, to play how he wants, just needs a few sort of tweaks. minor minor tweaks, yeah.
0: Very fair point though. I mean, the way I see it is, I, I do agree. It's completely looking at the long term. I, I, as, as nice as a guy Hewton is, as everyone's been saying, I do think you need to put that aside in terms of the results and looking at Brighton moving forward for the coming years. I think Graham Potter's the right man to do that. Um, if he can bring in um, a few new faces to partner, um, what you already have, that would be ideal really. I mean, the way Potter likes to play, likes to dominate possession. I think it's four, two, three, one he's been using at Swansea. Do you kind of see in terms of your centre backs in particular, do you see them suiting it that style of play?
1: Well, yeah, Lewis, I would say Shane Duffy's more your classic, um big, No big, nonsense. Yeah, no okay. nonsense centre back. But he had a great season last year. Lewis Dunk was inconsistent but his first season in the Prem and his championship campaigns he was very consistent and he's been a good ball playing centre back in the past. Um so I feel like for him as well, a great thing for him, because he came to Swansea, they were kind of trying to adapt to the championship and and kind of get rid of these expensive Premier League players they had. Wilfred Bonnie being one. Exactly, yeah. And and kind of create a new foundation of young players. And I feel like now he's he's joining a team where he's got uh, a, an Australian international keeper, he's got some good centre-backs, um, good left-back, obviously Bernardo from Leipzig. Um, but... Yeah, it's, um, I feel like he's got the great foundations and he's got an ambitious owner so he's going to get money to spend and on paper it looks like a really good appointment but obviously it could be turned on its head and you never know but I'm, I'm very excited as a Brighton fan and I think 90% of Brighton fans are.
0: Yeah, I mean I completely agree with that. It's, a, it's an exciting time to be a Brighton fan. Now looking on the other side of it Hugh, Hewton now jobless. Um, now there are a couple of couple of um, propositions in the championship uh, that mail up to appoint him obviously Borough, um, Tony, Tony Pulis has gone so that that man that's a managerial vacancy and there's also I think I've seen uh, West, rumors West Broms the main Brom, yeah now what would, what would be your thoughts on that
2: I think West Brom would probably be the better option I think Middlesbrough fans would probably get on the back of you quite early you know in the type of football they've had to put with this season and then probably the same next season but yeah. West Brom the kind of players they have there suit Houghton uh if they're able to keep the likes of Matt Phillips, Rodriguez, but I doubt I think Rodriguez will go to back up to the Premier League. He's definitely quality enough. Um Jefferson Montero, I don't know if that was was that a loan from loan oh, yeah. So won't be there. Um but the likes of Livermore, I think they'll suit him well. And then if he can shore up that borough defence, then I think they are definitely an automatic team. Because that's been their problem this season. Scoring goals has been like second nature to them. It's been, I think they were one of the top goal-scoring teams in the league. But their defence has been very poor, below par. Uh, And without without their defensive problems, I think they would have definitely been an automatic contender this season. And hopefully, Hughton can get them back to where they should be in the Prem.
0: Fair point. I mean, George, your thoughts on where Hughton should Hughton should be going?
2: Yeah, well, well, um. I know he's taking a break from football.
1: Yeah. He's uh, he's going on some okay. a holiday with his family and having a, a bit of a break. And he deserves it, I'd yeah. say. Um, I would probably say West Brom is the, is a good club for him. They're established. They've, they they I, I feel like that'd be sort of they're a similar sort of they're a bigger club than Brighton and a, a much older club. Well, quite a bit older than Brighton, but they're a, a they they're kind of a team with I can do similar stuff to what we did with him mm. uh, in the Championship. And I feel like he. He For any championship team, he's the perfect championship manager because his football's not too bad in the championship. It's quite um, it's a nice counter-attacking football, I'd say. It's just in that prem in the prem, he does kind of get susceptible of, uh, of having no plan B and stuff. But I would say West Brom would be a great step for him. And uh, he's got kind of a good combination of good young players and um, experienced players
0: too. Some Fair points there. I mean, I agree. I think... I think West Bromwich suits him more. I think Middlesbrough kind of need a change in philosophy. They've got players like Dale Fry, etc who can play from the back, but they're not they're not being able to do so under Pulis's system. Perhaps a change of style would suit them there. Um, in terms of another Premier League managerial situation uh, in Fulham and Scott Parker, obviously uh, the third manager that Fulham have had in the Premier League that last season, and it has been announced that he will obviously... Um, take over permanently how are your thoughts on that whether it be a good move
2: um, I'm not going to lie I didn't really see much of him last season but for what I did see there was a bit of an improvement from the Claudio Ranieri and Djukanovic situation whether they'll go back up or challenge for a promotion I think they might but it's all about will they keep Mitrovic I don't I don't see that happening they're going to lose definitely going to lose a lot of their players like Seri Scherler Sessignon and Mitrovic. But if they can invest wisely, and the style of football that I saw them play, they seem to press quite well. Uh, I think it was Watford I saw them play, and they gave them little time on the ball and actually looked like the better team. But if they're able to carry on what they ended on last season, then I think they should fare fine. Yeah, it's it's. With, I think with Fulham now, it's kind of about trying to bounce back
1: from, from a disappointing season from their perspective. Um, I feel like having someone like Scott Parker, who got them playing quite nice football, obviously it's, it's different. It's hard to judge really because they, they're playing of no pressure. They're already relegated. Mm. So they got three wins on the bounce, was it? But yeah. it's impossible to tell whether that's because of him or because they've, they haven't got that. They've already been relegated. They haven't got that pressure anymore. Um, but I'd say I'd say they've got a lot of good young players. They're going to struggle to keep Sesson Young, I'd say. Uh, I know he's been linked to a few big clubs. Um, but... Yeah, it's, it's just about sort of, yeah, rebuilding, pushing, kind of, they're going to lose a few of these key figures, like you mentioned, Harry, but um, it's about sort of rebuilding a great championship squad and hopefully getting promotion next season.
0: And like, like you alluded to there, um, they're going to have to move on quite a few players, obviously with the wage bill and the championship as well. I don't think they, they thought they'd be going straight back down, having signed so many um, high-profile names. Now, in terms of next season for Fulham, um, how do you see that? I know it's obviously hard to predict, but how do you see it panning out in terms of? You think they could have maybe a season like Aston Villa did when they first went down and finished mid-table or playoffs or potentially even automatic promotion?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, out of, out of the three relegated teams, I'd put them favourites to come straight back up. Um, I think Cardiff they they'll do all right under under uh, Warnock again, but they, you know what you, you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, it, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they got back into the playoffs or yeah. something. Um, but I would say Huddersfield, they're, they're going to have to sort of transition and uh, rebuild completely because they're kind of, you can see it from their squad that then I don't necessarily think they'll be the best championship team. Um, I could be proven wrong, but I think Fulham are probably the most ambitious club out of those three as well and also the biggest. Um, so they've definitely got the biggest ambitions and rightly so to get back into the Premier League.
2: The only problem was with the likes of Huddersfield and uh, Fulham is. When they both got promoted, they kind of let go of their championship players that got them promoted. So it's more it is a rebuilding job. Like Huddersfield, they only signed just a few average players really and sold quite a few of their key ones. Like I think Joe Lolly was at Huddersfield Mm. and then he's been ripping up in the championship. It's whether they've got enough players to rebound with. Like Fulham, they I think before the season finished they gave a new contract to Tom Kearney. And he was definitely their best player in the championship over the past three years or so, but they lost. I think they lost that Stefan Johansson.
0: He's only gone on loan to West Brom, so right. uh, but I think his contract's out in the summer. So, so I'd see, off. I'd
2: probably see him leaving. But he was definitely one of their most influential players when they got when they first got promoted. It's just whether they invest wisely because they're obviously going to sell their big players for big money. Get uh, wage budget lowered. They're definitely going to have to sign some proven championship players. Kind of like follow a similar, similar module to how uh, Stoke did, but as you saw, Stoke didn't really work out because <laughs> they, they signed you upper tier championship players, but yeah. they just
1: finished. I, I think they've got the, the spine, though. They've got um, Kevin McDonald. they've got... Um, Still got Adoy and... Um, Mawson, and yeah. they've got Tim Ream, who's quite an average championship He's player, but in the championship, yeah, though. yeah, he was. So he'll he'll be an all right player for them. They probably need a new keeper. I, I think the goalie situation has been a bit of a problem for Fulham for quite a few years. Um, I've, I've I don't think they've had that sort of solid keeper who's kept them sort of well kept stayed in the team, and that's what you want, really. You don't want, you don't want to be switching keepers every couple of years or so? Um, so I'd say definitely that, and then it's about if they keep Mitrovic or not, really, because while he is a good striker, I know his, his shot to conversion ratio's really not great and he does require quite a few shots to actually get the goals but Michael Owen <laughs> <laughs> um but no so it's, i think they've got a solid spine and I, i'd expect them to do well
0: if you had to predict the three um relegated teams next season on a, on a final note um where would you predict their finishes in the championship next year
2: Huddersfield i think they'll finish 15th Cardiff probably 10th and Fulham 5th
0: George,
1: I'd, I'd probably say Fulham. I'd expect them to sort of get sort of third place or something like they did uh, in the previous season when they got promoted. Um, I'd, I'd expect them to bounce back. I'd say Huddersfield. I'd probably say about tenth or so. Uh, they're going to have the money and the finances now. That's the difference from when they were last in the Championship. Mm. Um, they've got that sort of power now. Um, and Cardiff, I'd say, I would expect them to get playoffs because they they kind of they play a the style of football and that works, especially in the Championship. And it's a, it's not pretty, but it's efficient. Mm. So, yeah, I'd expect that. I'd, I'd also, if if West on another note, if West Brom did get Houghton, I'd expect them to really make a good push for second or first. Um, yeah, I'd say they're probably early
0: favourites. Fair point. I think, I think yeah, like you say, with Cardiff, you know what you're getting. I'd say fifth for them. Um, I think with the others. For me, it depends on how they reinvest that money. Obviously, it looks like Aaron and Philip Billing, uh, two players that are really too good for the championship, and they could probably get maybe 18 million around that fee for the combined two of them. Um, and then you look to Fulham, obviously, they'll sell Sessignon for big money, it seems. Mitrovic, you could probably get a decent fee for as well, and Jean-Michael Sarri. So, it's very much how they reinvest them players, but I'd say Huddersfield, maybe, I Ninth. I, I think don't think. That, I don't think they'll long.
1: lose um, Aramoy though. Anyway, I, I think, he's you a, not think he's a top-class championship player, but I don't think he. He didn't necessarily really pulled the up any. I, I, trees, I agree. He wasn't, you know
0: I, mean. I agree. He wasn't on it so much this uh, last season. The it season a before, lot, but. he showed his quality. I just see someone like, it could could even be a Brighton for me. Someone like, um, yes, yeah, someone of that caliber. I I do feel they they could come in for him because he'll be at a decent price, as so they'll want to. Yeah, I,
1: but. I'm not sure if it's a, a signing we'd make personally, but maybe I am I could see I can see someone like Burnley or someone like that. I can imagine yep. that kind of because mm. he's but he's a good player. But um, I mean, maybe maybe that Australian connection with Matty Ryan might come <laughs> in kind of handy.
0: Um, yeah, totally. I think Fulham. I'd go third. I just see them if they, if they can reinvest high high amount of funds well with ch- Championship proven players, they can do well. Um, But yeah, that brings us to the end of episode 13 of the Mainly Football podcast. Thanks for being our guest this week, Harry. It's been a pleasure for your insight. Uh, Thank you. It's been a great experience. And George, as ever, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, that has been episode 13. We are done and dusted. We'll be back next week for another podcast. We will only have, I think, two or three more left before summer break um, ensues. So... Yeah, there'll be a lot of Champions League and Europa League talk in the coming weeks, but um, yeah, make make one for good listening. Hopefully, okay. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.